0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through New Beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm glad that you're here tonight. We are covering a very, very, very important topic in the Word of God, the topic of healing. We started this off last week. Um, I do pray that at some time, I I honestly don't know, I haven't put a cap on this, I don't know if it's going to be three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm intending, I'm preaching this until uh, I feel like we're done, okay? So, a couple things I do want to review very quickly, for those of you that were not here last week, Um, you do need to pay attention very closely to this. This is an extremely important teaching. It's a a doctrinal teaching. Doctrinal meaning it's an important basic foundation of of Christianity. Um, It is not something that should be kept separate and maybe sometimes you talk about it, sometimes you don't. Because at some point in time, if you live long enough, you're going to come to face some type of physical challenge. Okay? Uh, So we need to preempt... Those things, those challenges, by arming ourselves with knowledge. Okay, uh, your success in seeing God manifest in your life, your success in seeing the Holy Spirit move through you, speak to you, minister to you, is always going to be dependent upon the knowledge that you have of the Scriptures. The more knowledge, not that we're looking to make intellectuals out of people. It's it's different. Natural knowledge creates unhealthy intellect. Spiritual knowledge creates intimacy with the Father and familiarity with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want. Okay? You if you are born again, if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not a natural being any longer. And we're going we need to we need to really keep nailing this thing and really keep Pressing this issue, because there's too many Christians that see themselves as natural. And as long as you see yourself as natural, your flesh is always going to be empowered against the supernatural. I don't know if you understood that. As long as you keep identifying yourself as natural, you're just a natural being. you just, after all, you know, I'm just human. No, you're human You have a flesh and blood and bone body, but you have the spirit of the living God, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, dwells in you. So you are not a natural individual any longer. You are in a natural body. You're on this planet. You're behind enemy lines. You are here on assignment from God Almighty to affect the people around you. You can't affect them with the natural and reap change in their lives. You've got to be able to affect people with the supernatural. Amen? Are you getting this? Yes. So, Pastor, if you, you, know, you don't know how I lived the rest of... That has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the way God sees you. Amen. And when he sees you, he doesn't see you as a natural... I hate this term, weak old worm in the dust. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. His presence lives in you. You are the tabernacle that carries the Spirit of God wherever you go. So the more that you know what the scriptures say about you, the more you're going to manifest that. Well, why is that important? Pastor, I just don't want attention to myself. It has nothing to do with attention to yourself. It has to do with the fact that the more knowledge you have of the scriptures, of the word of God, the more people are going to see Jesus in you. And it is he that we want to bring attention to. Amen? But now let's, let's just look at even some practical ways of looking at healing. God has assigned the church on the earth to bring change to people's lives. Not to make, you know, well, we want to make make people better. We're not here to make people better. We're here to resurrect the dead. Jesus didn't die on the cross to make us better people. Jesus died on the cross to take us from death to life. Amen? So stop looking. You see, you're getting tripped up by the conduct you're seeing in other people. Well, yeah, I see them in church on Sunday, and you know I see them outside, and they're two different people. That's nothing to do with you. That's nothing to do with it. That person is still on their journey. They're still still getting there. They're still being sanctified, okay? You got this. So now we need to know about healing. Why? Because most people you're going to encounter, if you would say to them, is there anything I can pray with you about, what do you think they're going to tell you? Something to do with some kind of sickness or disease or abnormality or some weakness or I went to the doctor and my blood pressure's up. It's going to usually be something like that. The next issue after that, which is what Pastor Jerry talked about tonight, is in the order of priorities, when you ask somebody, what can I pray you about, if it's not healing, it's going to be money, finances, finances. Maybe we'll talk about that stuff after we're done with healing. I think we need to talk about that because too many Christians don't understand the place that their finances play in their personal lives and in, and in just the life of evangelism and getting the gospel out. So we'll talk about that another time, right? So last week, we talked about the fact, again, that at some point in life, because we live on a planet that is still under the curse of sin, of the fall, okay? So Jesus redeemed us from the curse. Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the... Law. But people still die. Sickness still happens. There's still bacteria. There's still germs. There's still viruses. Roses still have thorns. Weeds still make you sneeze. So as long as we are living on this planet, until Jesus comes and finishes the redemption of this planet, we're going to deal with these kind of things. So we need to know. But why? Because truthfully, there are going to be some people I just finished talking to somebody a couple of days ago, and said, I, "I don't. They've run every test. And they can't find anything." I've been to so many doctors, and nobody could give me an answer. And they said, t- "It's not this, and it's not that, and it's not that, and it's not this." I said, "Well, then, what does that tell you?" That tells you this is a spiritual thing. This is not a physical thing. That's right. That's right. Okay? Said, so "Well, what do you mean?" Well, you remember there was times in Jesus' ministry when he outright just came outright and said this person had a spirit of infirmity. Now, a spirit of infirmity, I'll remind you why I'm telling you this, okay? Remind me, because I start getting off on this stuff. Now, a spirit of infirmity is an evil spirit that mimics a physical disease, okay? And so many times, you can't find what it is, but you still feel that way, to go deal with it spiritually, Okay? Now, why did I say all that that I said? Because you're going to come in contact with people that have suffered chronically. And just like the woman with the issue of blood in the Gospels, they have spent all their money on doctors and grown worse. The only answer they have left is God. And the only person that's going to have to bring God to them so that they could see a manifestation of healing may be you. All right. Well, I'm going to keep teaching, so... Now, I'm just going to give you one more paragraph of review, and then we're going to get into the new material from here. We know that Jesus was made to be sin for us, 2 Corinthians 5.21. The object of his sin bearing was that we might be free from sin and the object of his sickness. Let me stop there. I feel in the inside I need to, to cover this because I don't want anybody leaving here tonight thinking that, well, Pastor, are you saying that because I'm sick that it's a result of me being in sin? No, it could be, but I'm not saying. I'm not making that blanket statement. Now, all sickness has come to the planet as a result of sin. Sin opened the door for sickness to come in. Okay? You remember, Jesus is preaching It says a house, but it was most likely a synagogue. And the place is jammed. You remember the story? Nobody can get in. And four friends of this one man who's paralyzed, they decide, we've got to get this guy into the presence of Jesus. And so they come. They can't get through the front door. They go up on the roof, because back then, you know, the houses were flat-roofed, thatch. So they start digging. Jesus is down there preaching. All of a sudden, he starts seeing a little straw falling here and there. Wondering what's going on. And so they open up a hole big enough for the friends to lower this man who's paralyzed on a cot or a pallet or something so that this man would be dropped right in front of, not dropped, but would be placed. (laughs) (laughs) Now we got two healings we would need. (laughs) So they make sure that he is positioned, there's the right way, right in front of Jesus. Now, you remember, Jesus says to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Now, most of us sitting there would have went, but the guy's paralyzed. And so the religious people that were there said within themselves, and Jesus knew this, by the power of the Holy Spirit, who is this man who blasphemes like this because nobody can forgive sins except God. Do you think they would have got the clue? Well, that's you're absolutely right, because that's who's sitting in front of you. And then Jesus went on to say, okay, which is easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven, or pick up your bed and go home? And what happened? The man received his healing. Now, what's the lesson there? The lesson there, well, there's a couple of them. Number one, you can carry someone with your faith for them to receive their healing. We don't know if that man believed anything. We don't know what he believed. Because the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, he turned to the man and spoke. So, so now watch this now. Jesus was getting the point across to them that when your sins are forgiven, sin that not, no longer has the power, to bring death and disease and sickness and all this other stuff upon a person. So theoretically, now I know it doesn't happen all the time this way, but theoretically, if we were to take the position from that teaching, now having been forgiven of our sins, we would be just like the Apostle Paul when they arrested him in Rome, Paul being a Roman citizen, they take him to this tower in the Roman fortress there, and they're about to scourge him, to whip him, and he turns around and says to them, is it legal for you to scourge a Roman citizen? And they backed off immediately because they could have lost their lives for treating Paul like a person was not a citizen. We should take that same stance when it comes to sickness and disease. Excuse me, devil, my sins have been forgiven. I'm a child of God. That which clung to me because of my sin has been dealt with. So in the name of Jesus, you take your sickness and get it off of me because it is, watch this, it is illegal for you to put that on a child of God. Now, say, well, well you know, Pastor, okay, okay. Well, let me ask this question. Is it illegal for a person to rob a bank? Is it illegal? Come on, let me see. Yeah. Do they still do it? Yes. What, but until somebody says no, they're going to keep doing it. So you've got to say, no. it's illegal for you to put that on me. Now, it might not go the first time because the first time you're probably going to say something like this, um, m- 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 Mr. Sickness. I kind of looked it up in the Bible, and I don't think you're supposed to be doing this to me. But when you get about three or four times into it and you go, excuse me, in the name of Jesus, I've been redeemed from this stuff. You have no right to put that on me. You take this sickness off of me now. I told you guys about the story the last time I had a kidney stone attack. What a dummy. I'm putting up with this pain and pain and pain and pain. I finally said, all right, better take me to the hospital. I know what this is. I've had plenty of them in my life. God's, God's healed me from every one of them. Never had to go for procedure, never had to go for any of these things. I, you know, I'm not trying to make him prove his track record. I hope that was the last one. But up until this point, every single time, God's healed me from those attacks. Now, I'm sitting in the emergency room. My wife just drops me off. They just put that thing on my arm. She goes to park the car. I'm sitting in the, outside the emergency room here in Brick Hospital. And I'm sitting there, and the pain is just like. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I was like, am I stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Did I forget? And then I, had, I felt like I had to apologize to God. I'm like, I, I, I'm so sorry. This pain made me get dummy, like a dummy here. So I put my hand. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you come out now. And I swear to you, the pain just went. Whoa. She comes in. I said, come on, we can go home. <laughs> Am I lying? Isn't that exactly how it happened? And she says, but you got the thing on your arm already. <laughs> in other words, they're going to charge us. You, so you might as well stay here. Let them, let them tell you everything's cool. And they did. Now, now, when I say stuff like that, please, I don't want to feel like, oh, he's just bragging. No, if I'm bragging on anything, I'm bragging on God. And, I, and I'm doing it to remind ourselves, because you know what happens? The longer you're in this Christianity thing, it seems like the more we tolerate stupidity. When you're fresh and you're brand new, you don't let the devil get away with anything. But then, you know, life goes on, and The emotion wears off and, oh, well, you know, we're in the world, things are going to happen, and you start tolerating things. I wonder sometimes if we don't dishonor the Lord Jesus Christ and all that He suffered on the cross to purchase healing for us. I wonder if we don't dishonor him. Now, listen to me. If you're dealing with something chronically, and it's been years you've been dealing with this stuff, you could almost sit here, and when somebody says something like I just said, you could start feeling guilty and stuff like that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Maybe, maybe it, the purpose of tonight is to stir you up. You know, I heard Andrew Womack say this. I don't know if you ever listen to Andrew Womack. Phenomenal Bible teacher, okay? Very balanced, very accurate. He said this one time. He said, I noticed said in the ministry, people that have come to me with cancer, If they don't get angry at the cancer, they usually don't make it. They sit there and they start reasoning in their heads, well, maybe I deserve this because I did that or did that or did the other thing. He said, the devil will bombard your mind to get you to tolerate that situation. And he said, the ones that I've seen get angry at that cancer are the ones who defeat it and go on and live. We need to get stirred up sometimes. Now listen, I'm glad that you're here tonight I, I really am, especially for this fact. For too long, the church in general has taken the subject of healing and made it a side issue. Like it's great when it happens, if it does, but if it doesn't, it doesn't. The early church did not treat this subject this way. The early church did not separate the issue of healing from the rest of the gospel. In other words, well, you know, some people would say, well, as long as I get saved, even if I get sick and die, at least I'm going to go to heaven. Well, that's a nice attitude. Uh, what about your spouse that needs you here, your children that need you here, uh, maybe your, 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 your business that needs you here? What about your church that needs you here? That's a selfish attitude. Yeah, of course you're going to go to heaven. But you're needed here. So it should should never be a side issue. It would never be one of those things, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm still going to love God. That's wonderful. But the fact of the matter is Jesus did not separate healing from his gospel. Every place he went, you see him preaching, teaching, and healing. If Jesus practiced that preaching, teaching, healing. And we see the early church preaching, teaching, and healing. Where did the line, where did we cross the line where it wasn't important anymore? We are told to preach the full gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the buffet style gospel. Uh, 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 Cafeteria. Yeah, I'll take some of this. I'm not crazy about that. I'll take salvation. I'll take peace of mind. Yeah, I definitely want a whole load of that. That prosperity thing? I could take it or leave it. And usually the ones who say I could take it or leave it are the ones that don't have too many needs. Because when you're desperate and you can't pay your bills, guess what? All of a sudden that prosperity dish right there starts looking better and better. Well, you know, if you're in that category where you don't need to believe God for that, you're good, you've got plenty extra. Well, what about the person in front of you? What about the person behind you? What about your neighbor down the street that lost their job and got like four kids? How about them? How about believing God for extra for them? Is that not the gospel? Some foundational scriptures that I want to give you, because I can see this is still... Introductory tonight. Exodus chapter 15, verse 25. There he, God, made a statute and an ordinance for them. Talking about Israel. He tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I want you to look very closely at the next phrase. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. Look at this. For I am the Lord who heals you. And, and, and honestly, if we were to read this in Hebrew, I am the Lord who healeth continuously you. Are you catching this? Do you see how God introduces himself on the scene? Why? Because Israel just saw the Egyptians go through hell. And they could have been tempted to think, man, if he did that to them, he may do it to us too. They just came out. they They just went through the Red Sea. They just come up on the other side. They just saw Moses, through instruction of God Almighty, make waters that were poisonous healed. They just saw this. And so God now uses this opportunity to introduce another side of himself. Our God is many faceted. Okay? Every time you see God introducing himself on the scene to either another generation or to another individual that he's going to use, he usually introduces another side of himself. Okay? To Abraham, he, he, he revealed himself as. El Shaddai. And, and in, in actual Hebrew, basic, crude language, it means the many-breasted one. In other words, the one who can bring nourishment. Are you, are you seeing this? So now we move on from El Shaddai. Another nation of Israel needed a deliverer in Egypt, and God revealed himself as a deliverer. He brings them out of Egypt. They're on their way to the promised land. They're experiencing this difficulty of having water that they cannot drink. God says to Moses, yeah, you, you know the story. Go, you see that tree over there? God says to Moses, see that tree? Get that tree, throw it in the water, and the waters will become sweet. Well, you know what the tree represents in the scriptures all the time, right? The cross. The cross. So when you introduce the cross into your bitter season of life, it's going to turn Sweet. sweet. And it says, and there he revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord God that continuously heals you. Now, can I throw a little something else in here? I know that I'm supposed to be just introducing foundational stuff, but watch this now. Because you see, I got hung up on verse 26. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ears to his commandment, and keep all his statutes, I'll put none of them. And I read that for years and thought, I'm, I'm stuck. Because I don't diligently listen to the voice of the Lord. I don't always heed his commandments. I don't always follow his statutes. But there's one who did. Amen. Yeah, that's right. And in our place, took upon himself all the punishment of not doing this. Are you listening? Yes. In Isaiah 53, in verse 3, it says, He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sickness. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Verse 4 is extremely important. And again, if you have an Amplified Version Read it. If you have it on your phone app, I'm sure you have the Amplified version. Because this verse four here is taken directly from Hebrew. Surely he has borne our griefs. What does it mean to, to, when somebody bears something? They carry. They, they take away with them. Okay? Surely he has borne our griefs. And griefs is translated as sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. Now, Why am I reading what I'm reading? And I I really should have said this before. I apologize. What I'm starting out with here as we we continue in this teaching on healing is to prove to you that it is God's will for you to be healed because that is the stumbling block for most people. Yeah, I know Jesus did it then. Yeah, I know God did it then. But is it his will for us to be healed now? That's what I want us to to understand because when we get that down inside, that's one more... Entire group of lies that the enemy can't use on us anymore. You catching this? So, so now, now watch this now, because we're going to go through this a little bit more. Surely, truly, certainly, he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, our weaknesses and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten and afflicted by God, and then it says here, as if with leprosy. Now, understand something. Leprosy in the scriptures is always symbolic of sin. And Jesus at the cross, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, became sin for us. You got to understand this, okay? And I know a lot of people don't like to hear this, uh, especially a lot of religious denominational people do not like to hear this. Jesus not only carried but he had to become. Because if he did not become, death couldn't have come, gripped him. He could have died. His body could not physically die. Are you catching this? Okay. So, verse 5, here comes the good news. But he was wounded for our transgressions. In other words, verse 4 says, We looked at him as if he did something wrong and he deserved all this. But the reality is in verse 5 but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement or the punishment, we could say, needful to obtain peace and well being for us was upon him. And with the stripes, the wounds, that wounded him we are healed and made what whole that's how god brought healing about on our benefit through jesus you see go back to that story i told you about the man that was lowered through the roof jesus didn't address the sickness jesus addressed the root of the sickness which is what sin So when Jesus at the cross, when he took all of our sin, our shame, our reproach, and became sin, identified himself with sin, then sin was dealt with. If sin is dealt with, then by his stripes we are what? Healed. healed. Now, I never was taught any of this. until I became a Christian. I was taught that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. I've got to say that much. I wasn't taught to be born again, but I was taught that Jesus had died on the cross for our sins. And And then I was taught that Jesus took all our sins, himself, on the cross. I was taught that. Good little Catholic boy. I was taught that. But I was never taught about this. And by his stripes, by his wounds, we're healed. He purchased that. Now imagine we would have an incomplete salvation if Jesus only died on the cross to save us from going to hell and yet did not take upon himself the results of sin. We'd have an incomplete salvation. Yeah, we're not going to hell. But what kind of a God would leave us here with the mercy of the sin that he died on the cross to pay for? Now, to take it even further back, and again, i just throw this in here. We're not going to discuss it much right now, but just throw it in. You really can't have, I know some people are going to like, oh, man, I wish you didn't say that. You really can't, you cannot have a complete salvation if you, have, if you are not aware that Jesus on the cross dealt with all the results of sin which is spiritual death physical death and poverty poverty i know we don't like, i know not like cuz we you know well yeah just you know you shouldn't talk about these things why poverty is another manifestation of sin coming into the world god never created anybody to be destitute and poor and do without and starving and all this other thing, and who's the first person that gets blamed when people are like this? Yeah. It was never God's plan. If it was, you'd see poverty in the Garden of Eden, and we don't see poverty in the Eden. well, they didn't have any clothes. <laughs> they had everything they needed to accomplish what God called them to do. But you notice as soon as sin comes into the earth, now all of a sudden the earth isn't going to produce by itself anymore. All of a sudden the animals change nature. The vegetable kingdom is affected. The plant kingdom is affected. Thorns and thistles will now grow. Whereas before, Adam used to go, Come on, let's go pick some stuff. I'm hungry. The ground, it says that the ground watered itself. It's just, this mist would come from the ground like a sprinkler system and just water the earth. He didn't even have to get the hose out. He didn't have to go picking weeds. There were no weeds. When tomatoes grew, there were no worms that came to eat them. But all of a sudden, sin comes in the world, and what happens? He's now deprived Of the thing that God originally intended for him. And now, by the sweat of his brow, he's got to work. But no matter how much he works, he still can't get it to the place where it was. And that's why what happens many times in your life, in my life, you save enough money for one thing and then the dishwasher breaks. (laughs) You make the last payment on the car. I'm not not trying to be funny. I'm trying to be practical here. These are spiritual principles. That's why. I know we're talking about healing here, but you know what? I just sensed this thing when he started talking tonight. You can't, just like you can't keep your health segregated from the gospel of salvation, you cannot separate your finances from the gospel of salvation. I'm going to tell you, you're hurting yourself. If your finances are not connected to the kingdom of God somehow, some way, you're hurting yourself. It needs to be under his protection. It needs to be dedicated and consecrated to him. And so many people think that the tithe is a, well, you know, I don't really know. Sometimes I do, sometimes I do. Well, I really don't know if I believe that. Oh, so you think that because you believe, you don't believe that, That the negative effects of not believing that don't touch you? Just because you say you don't believe it? Big difference. Your finances have got to have some mark of God on them. Uh, Listen, I don't want to get carried away here and I don't want you to get, and I don't want to be crude already, by no means. But every male in the nation of Israel had to carry within their body the mark that they were dedicated to God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That mark was the mark of circumcision. We're, we're all adults here. There had to be some type of cutting. There had to be some type of a, some, no, there was something, I don't know how to put this any other way. Something had to be m- apart from, missing. Something had to go to show that this person belongs to God Almighty. Your finances are the same way. The tithe is like circumcision to your finances. It marks that your finances are dedicated to God Almighty. Now watch this now. God said to Abraham, if you'll abide by the things that I teach you, and one of them was circumcision, I will bless those that bless you, I will curse him that curses you. The Circumcision to the Israelites was a mark of the covenant that they belonged to God Almighty. When you're—that's another thing I got to teach soon. It's been a couple of years since I taught that. When you're in covenant with someone, they are obligated to protect what's yours. But if you keep your finances separate, they're not under covenant. It's not that God's going to curse you and going to burn your house down and make your kids get sick. It's not, but your finances are not protected. There's no evidence that they belong, that they are consecrated unto God. It's all part of the program. So that's enough. I'm not going to say anything about that anymore because I know people are squirming. <laughs> okay. So, like anything else in the kingdom, we receive these promises, the promises of Exodus 15. I am the Lord God that heals you, that continuously heals you on Jehovah Rapha, the promises of Isaiah chapter 53. Okay. They have to be received by faith. And that is why, that is one of the major obstacles when someone does not receive their healing. Now, don't go out of here and be an immature baby and say, well, Pastor Joe said that every time somebody doesn't get healed, it's because they have no faith. Don't do that. You're going to stumble somebody. Especially if you have younger, uh, in the faith, Christians around you, don't talk stupid in front of them. Uh, You're going to be held accountable for that, okay? Okay. They receive by faith. One of the reasons—not the only reason—one of the reasons that a person does not receive their healing is because they just don't have any faith. If they don't have any faith, how are they going to access that promise? Like a person, let's maybe make this a little more clear. Why does a person go to hell? Does a person go to hell because of their sins? Not in this age. Why well, does a person go to hell today? Because they refuse to have faith in Jesus Christ. That's that's the only reason. That's, isn't it a shame? that there's people in hell right now that never needed to go to hell. But because they refuse to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no alternative. Well, that sounds so harsh. I didn't write it. I didn't come up with this idea. Everything you and I receive from God has got to be received by faith. So, and here's another thing, please. Stop walking around. I don't know if there's anybody here that's sounded it, but you hear people sometimes, oh, you know, I just, you know, I really don't have any faith, and you know, so and so has. Stop saying that. Because the more your ears hear your mouth say something, the more your brain starts believing it. Yeah. See, even if you feel that way on the inside, don't say it. In fact, start saying the opposite. Because that's how you change things. We change things with, man, this is going all over the place tonight. We change things by what we speak. How did you go from darkness to light? How did you go from going to hell to going to heaven? By words you spoke with your mouth. What you believed in your heart. That should teach us. That's how we do everything. I get, I I get so upset. I get like, I really feel sorry for parents, especially parents with younger kids, younger parents. Uh, This one, you know, it's, it's a terrible threes. This one's my devil, and I'm like. Are you kidding? Why don't you just go buy him a pitchfork, you know? What are you saying? Oh, you know, know, uh, don't mind them. He's shy. So 20 years later, when the kid doesn't want to come out of the basement, all he wants to do is play video games, can't face life, guess what? You called it. Stop doing that. I'm not trying to be picky here. I'm telling you, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Every, you see it in Jesus' life. Every time he wanted to change something, he called it the opposite. The Bible tells us, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. I just don't have, you know, my checkbook is just completely empty, blah, blah, blah. I just don't know what I'm going to do. it. Shut up. Victor, how do we keep that warehouse full next door? You saw it with your own eyes. Jay's seen it with his own eyes. Jim's seen it with his own eyes. We, 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 for years, spoke to those shelves in that food pantry and said, be filled in the name of Jesus. If stuff was empty, we didn't go, oh, your shelves are empty. Father, I thank you that these shelves are full. I thank you that the freezers are full. I thank you, Father, shopping carts are full that are going out of this place. We'd speak that in the morning and afternoon. Trucks would pull up. Do you need stuff? Do you need vegetables? Do you need it? Well, that was you because you're the pastor. Nothing to do with being pastor. It is the power that is given to us as Christians, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. He changed Abram's name to Abraham to get him from being a father of nothing to a father of nations. Jesus spoke to Shimon and said to him, and you are Peter, rock. And so every time he spoke and said Peter, it was reinforcing that change because Peter's original name, Simon, meant literally somebody with no backbone, somebody that would just go wherever the wind blows. We would say it that way today. Yeah, a person's just like a flag. You know, wherever the wind blows, they go. How is Jesus gonna change that? Like, Peter, what's the matter with you? Or, or Simon, what's the matter with you? Get a backbone. He changed his name. How are you going to get your healing? What? Tell, how are you doing? Oh, you know, I got this condition. And I'm not mocking anybody. Please, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to bring this to a practical sense here. If God said, by the stripes on Jesus' back, you are healed, who are you to declare otherwise? How are you doing? By the word of God, I'm healed. I might, you know, I'm, I still got a little bit of pain here, but you know what? I'm on my way. I'm getting there. Every day I'm getting stronger and stronger. Every day I'm more and more healed. Every day, whatever. Listen to me, I'm telling you. I'm not talking to you from personal experience, though I have had that. I'm talking to you according to the word of God. One more scripture? This is going to show you how dangerous unbelief is. We're talking about faith right now. We're going to continue on this next week. But listen to me. I've got to get this across to you guys. Do you love people? Do you? Do you have a person in your life that you love, that you're acquainted with, that you're friends with, that you're related to, that's got a disease that they're, they're dealing with right now? Let me ask you this question, and don't get mad at me, but how can you sit here and listen to this and their home suffering? Get them here. Get them here. You see, the Word of God has power already in it. I've seen people get healed just from teaching because it grabbed a hold of that power. Jesus sent his word and healed people that weren't even in their presence there. And you could pray that way too. But to get somebody healed once and then let them go back out in the world again, how are they going to fight the next time that thing comes back on them? If you get them here and get them to learn the principles of this, then they can do it for themselves. And then you really, really show that you love that individual. Well, you know they might say no. They might say yes. Oh, you don't know them. They won't come. You just spoke. You, you, you. If you keep, you're going to seal that, and they won't come. But if you'll take a step of faith and say, Father. I'm going to go and talk to so-and-so. I'm going to call them up. I'm going to send them a Facebook message. I'm going, to, I'm going to invite them to come because they need to hear this. Now you're taking steps of faith and faith pleases God. And faith releases the power of God on your behalf. One more scripture. And we go? You want to wait till next week? Or? We're talking about unbelief. Now watch this now. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Then he went out from there and came to his own country that so means this is Galilee. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And that's a bad translation. Because in the original language, it says, where did this man get these words? Because they heard him teaching. And he felt the power. And what wisdom is this that is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Now they get messed up. Look at verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? All oh, that'll that'll knock you out. What, what, what do you mean, Pastor? He had brothers? That yeah, says right here. All right, that's another teaching. Oh, it gets better. And are not his sisters here with us? Uh oh. So they were offended at him. His hometown. His own little church, where he grew up, where he was in Sunday school class, could not accept the fact that this is the Messiah. And they got offended. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Verse 5 says, Now he could do no mighty work there, Except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Now, now, why did he go about the villages teaching? Because he's trying to break the unbelief. So that when he comes back the next time, he might get better results. But now look at this. Imagine this. Is God Almighty? Is He Almighty? is God all powerful is there anything impossible for him but here he couldn't heal anybody unbelief will stop him right in his tracks so there might have been people with stage 4 cancer in that crowd there might have been people with heart conditions there might have been people with leprosy. There might have been all kinds of really serious diseases. And it says here in the original language that he can only, only heal some minor Ill, a couple of toothaches, maybe a headache, maybe a hangnail. <laughs> he could do no mighty works there. Why? Because he wasn't willing? No, because they had no faith. Are you listening? So why is it important for us to, to, to receive this teaching and to get the knowledge of the Word and to build up our faith in this area so that when God forbids something comes to your life, your unbelief is not going to hinder God releasing His power through His Word so that you can receive your healing. Do you, do you realize now the importance of this? I, are, you, are you hearing me? I, I'm serious with it. You really said, yeah, we, we go like this. This is where we go, yes, yeah. No, Tomorrow morning, you go to the doctor, and he tells you, um, there's a situation with your heart. Man, I, I don't know what to tell you. Something, there's something wrong. There's something there. I want you to go to the hospital right now. All of a sudden, it becomes real important. Don't wait until that situation. Don't. And I'm not wishing that on anybody. But don't wait until that situation. Be prepared so that your first response is, um, I appreciate, Doc, what you're telling me, and I I appreciate your expertise. And yeah, we're going to see things through here. But you know what? I know my God, and I know the healing power of God that's in the Word of God. And Jesus himself went to the cross and took upon himself all of my sickness, all of my disease, all of my pains, all of my, this, this, whatever, and by his wounds that he suffered on my behalf, I received my healing. Yes. Now, you don't do it in an arrogant way, shove it in the doctor's face. You don't do that. No. But you, neither do you let the negative report all of a sudden paralyze you and grip you with fear. Are you hearing me? Yes. Coming back next week? Yes. All right, listen, those of you next week when you come that you've been here for like three years, lessons already, three teachings already. Next week we'll start praying for people. Okay? But I wanted you to get some scripture. I wanted you to get some why do you to get your faith built up a little bit more. Okay? Now, listen to me. I'm not saying this because I want to see the room full, although I'd be lying, I want to see the room full. But every person that sits and listens to this is released out then into this community empowered to help somebody that may be facing a death sentence. Every person you bring is a person that's going to get released, empowered to deal with this stuff in people's lives. Amen? Amen? Please, for the sake of the people that's in your life, get them here. If you've got to go pick them up, pick them up. If you've got to bribe them, tell them you'll take them for coffee afterwards. Just, or, or ice cream you really get him out of the house, then. All right? Just make it your assignment. Just let, listen, just let the love of God that he placed in your heart come out and affect somebody else's life. Amen? Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.